Welcome to episode 11 of High and Tight on Game Time CT. I'm Scott Erickson, and with me, as always, is Pete Bogaga. What's going on, Scott? Hey, long time no see. Long time no see. <laughs> I know. We weren't together for uh, about 20-something hours. Something like that. It was like 20 out of like 25 hours we were together. And then I drove home for an hour, and I made sure as soon as I got home, I, I texted Pete to make sure that we were all okay. Yeah, so. and then we texted Sunday and yesterday. And yesterday, yeah. So. And then we got breakfast this morning. Yeah, our last uh, high and tight breakfast. Yeah, so shout out to Orm's Diner. Orm's Diner, thank you very much for being care of us. for having really good um, hot tea, um, <laughs> eggs, uh, bacon. Sick. The bacon's pretty good. It's good bacon. It's crispy bacon. Um, the toast is toasty. Yeah, you know, people always tune in for the toast reviews on this show. <laughs> Well, shout out, shout out to the Merit for not having traffic this morning. We could just do a, a toast review every week. We should just, just do an Orm's Diner review? And, and just, ju- just review toast at every place. Just oh, I like, I like how it comes with butter already on it, so you don't have to do it. Shouldn't and like, to. it's already done, so like you don't want to add more butter. Yeah. So. It's a nice feature. You and can that's never, the episode. And you can never get it at home, the butter, the same way. You can't yeah. There's something about it. So that's anyway. the episode. Anyway, uh, thanks it. for tuning in. We'll Later. see you. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, uh, we had a great time covering the games this weekend. We recapped them. You can check that uh, video out on Game Time CT and the podcast. And the podcast, you know, we were in the parking lot at uh, Palmer. Uh, we recapped the four championship games, so we're not going to go over those. No, not again. we're going to go a little bit. We'll not, mention them. But yeah, we'll mention them. But you know, really, just off depth. the bat, we want to highlight. I think more of the teams' runs than than the immediate games. Right. Um, you know, because there was obviously a lot to digest the nights of the games immediately after. So now we've had some time to kind of look back and, you know, really highlight some of the players who, who were instrumental, maybe not in the championship game, but instrumental in their team's runs to the finals. Right, because all these teams had pretty good seasons. You know, yeah. Weathersfield was the only team that was a double-digit seed, the only team with a record that wasn't really good. I mean, yeah. and they played out of a tough conference, and they were so good at the end, yeah. and they had the best player of the weekend we've talked about ad nauseum at this point, Jimmy Sullivan, like yeah. nobody was close to him this weekend. Yeah, I mean, but his teammate, Ty- Tyler Fott, he had the home run right. with the awesome bat And Fott had a great tournament. And the, he had a great tournament. He had a yeah. home run in their opener against Stratford, and he hit for the cycle against New Fairfield. Right. That's a pretty good tournament. You pretty know, good obviously tournament. overshadowed by what Jimmy did, but Tyler Tyler might have had the second best tournament, out of, or right. third best tournament out of everybody. And we always highlight one or two kids, but we understand fully that baseball is only functions when all nine kids are doing yeah. their jobs and yep. doing what they're supposed to do. We focus on kids that have games like Jimmy or Ben, but we understand that it takes nine kids out there. Yeah. And, and you see that in, in these games where, you know, there's one weak link and you don't win a championship. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah, Tyler had a great, uh, Tyler had a great, had a great tournament too. I and mean, so did uh, Matt Downing, right? Yep. Matt Downing over at Cheshire. Uh, he threw the two-hit shutout against Glastonbury, went three for three. Had uh, had a big double in the game against Prep, and he started against Prep. Went six and two thirds, six Ks, and allowed just three hits. Um, got pulled for Ben Shadick, who had also had a big two RBI hit first Prep and pitched two and two thirds uh, out of the bullpen, keeping Prep off the board in extra innings so Cheshire could get that final hit from me in Battaglia, <laughs> and um, and head to the finals. And then you know Seymour. 
You know, obviously, I want to mention Austin, this more yep. kid too, Askina, the shortstop. Oh yeah, I mean, he wasn't one of the stars of the team, but defensively, he was really solid. And the coach mentioned him as being one of the two leaders of that yeah. team and really being the guy at practice every single day who showed yeah. up and did his job. And his name didn't get mentioned in a lot of our stories. Yeah. We're not mentioning him here because he didn't have the, like, the big stats like the other kids did. But a kid sometimes, like that, yeah. But sometimes on, on a high school team, yeah. he's as important as anyone else exactly. on that field. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry. Go yeah, ahead. no. I just wanted to touch on Schemer because you yeah. know Austin Green pitched the finals and yeah. he pitched an unbelievable final. But Austin DeRosa, the Austins, Austin DeRosa started three games in the tournament for Seymour. Yeah. He struck out 14 kids and he allowed just one earned run during the tournament run. And then John Chacho batted 500 throughout the tournament, couple of doubles, couple of triples, and nine RBIs in four games. Which he was, was pretty. Impressive. He was the best player in, in the M semifinals. So those two games that I yeah. watched up at up at Palmer, he really stood out there and he played really well in the final too. He scored two runs and and drove in a run. Uh, I mean, he was the offensive spark plug for that team. Yep. We both obviously love Zach Edwards batting out of the leadoff yep. spot too. Um, and you know, for Seymour. They got a lot of contributions from guys that weren't stars. And yeah. they, just, they made it happen in that tournament. And when you look at the scores, nobody was close to them the entire yeah. tournament. Like no. I think they had an 8-5 or 8-4 game, but none of those scores were really close. They sort of rolled through everybody. Yeah. Usually you I have mean, that 1-0, well, 2 They one. had that weird little start against Ellington, right? right. So the game they're losing, right. the game gets delayed because of rain. Ellington takes a pitcher out, just pitching really well against Seymour, and yeah. then Seymour puts up 15. That's insane. Um, yeah. They they did win an extra inning game against Coggenshaw, which is a team that we both really liked out of them. Right. Um, they beat them in nine innings, but other than that, they rolled over Northwest Catholic. They shut out St. Joe's, and then they uh, and they beat up Wolcott pretty well. They did. I mean, yeah. they we saw it with Seymour. We saw it with Weathersfield, and we even saw it with Notre Dame Fairfield. If you could hit at the right time at this point to win those tournaments, you can hit. Yeah. You know, if you can hit, you're going to win. Yeah. And we saw. Weatherfield put up 16, the second most in a tournament game since 1997. We saw Seymour um, put up, what, 14? 14, yeah. which is probably the second most, <laughs> since uh, third most since 1997, if, I'm, there, if yeah. I'm pretty correct. Yeah. And Notre Dame Fairfield put up 10 runs? Yeah. So those are, it, was, it was a lot of if scoring. If you look back, there was a there lot, was of a lot of scoring in this. This might be one of the, granted, the one nothing game kind of, you know, takes away from that total. But those three games alone, I mean, you know, you look at the past years, there's not a lot of double-digit games, and we had three this weekend. I think part of that, too, was that, not in all the cases, but everyone's number one was not going in, the, in these games. In the double L game, both number ones were going. Yeah. It was. No, I'm sorry they weren't, uh, but Richfield has a number two that's as good as the number yeah. one. So DeLuca is their number two behind Price. But um, fun, Fun little fact. Yeah, let's hear it. I love fun There times. was a double-digit game last year. Holy Cross scored 13 runs. Right. Then we have to go all the way back to 2009 when Notre Dame Fairfield scored 11. 2008, West Hill scored 12. There hasn't been... This is the first time... This might be the first time... We're in the 90s now. And there hasn't been two double-digit games. And we had three. And we had three, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's 13, you 11. You have to go way back Here we go. because... This was the first year since 1981 that three of the championship games had double digits. 1983 had two. 1981 had three, just yeah, like this year. That's, that's absurd. That's a long time ago. That was a long time ago. And 18 is the most. And 18 is the most. By so Waterford by Waterford. Yeah. And then Sacred Heart with 17 and Weathersfield with 16 from this year. Yeah. That's absurd. I don't recall that. In 1981, I was only six. So. I was minus nine. <laughs> 
So I mean, we <laughs> saw a away. lot of lot of great hitting this year. Yeah. Uh, in this tournament, hitting, and we could take the best hitting tournament in championship weekend of all time. Uh, championship weekend in terms of runs scored. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we can say that. I mean, that's unbelievable. Let's shoot off some fireworks. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. You know, we hadn't even thought of that when we were yeah. up there uh, and looked back at it that way. But we kind of just did it on the fly here. Yeah, that is... That's wild. That's a lot of runs to be scored. And what's crazy is one of the games was one nothing. You know, mm-hmm. So the other three really carried that stat. And you know, we saw that throughout the tournament where there was a lot of runs being put up. I mean, before St. Joe's got shut out by Seymour, they had been in double digits every, yep. every single game. Uh, they won... They won the craziest games of the tournament, those games over Montville and um, whoever they beat in the next round, who I'm forgetting right now. But It's been a long It's been a long tournament. I don't have the brackets in front of me here. Uh, so let's get – do you have someone from the other games too that you want to talk well, you about? Know, yeah. uh, you know, Dylan Higgins, obviously we yeah. spoke about him a lot because he did pitch a complete game. But the last three games of the tournament for Notre Dame West Haven uh, – Notre Dame Fairfield – he throws the complete game to beat St. Paul. Mm-hmm. He comes in and gets the uh, three-inning save against Holy Cross, and then he throws the complete game in the finals. Yeah, not bad. I mean, that's just gritty. That's just that's just gritty. That's just bulldog. That's just uh, it's championship time. Do whatever it takes to win. And the kid said, you know, after the game that when he came on campus as a freshman, he wanted to win a championship. And, uh, you know, he did. He left on that note. Now, speaking just because it's still open, St. Joe's beat Cromwell 24-2 to in 1976, which I'm assuming is the most runs ever scored in a, in a baseball final. Yeah, at least, at least in the ones we looked in. And we, we had gone back to 81 for that 18-run Yeah, Up St. Bell's, which doesn't exist anymore, beat Washington, <laughs> which also doesn't exist anymore, 24-2. to Yeah, this is before there were mercy so, rules. So that was in 1961, which... That actually can't happen anymore. So. Uh, 1961? 1961 can't happen anymore. And also, it's, well, I guess 24 could if you scored all the runs before the fourth inning. But That's true. So, let's hope take, that never, you want to take us through the final poll? Let's hope that never happens again. <laughs> yeah, final poll. Uh, not a shocker here. Cheshire was the number one team. Yeah. We heard some rumblings on Saturday that people might vote other ways. It didn't make any sense to Pete and I. Uh, Cheshire, well, a lot more to me than you because I was a lot more vocal about it. Yeah. That's just me. I mean, obviously, I'm more willing to just let people go on with their ramblings. Yeah. But I have to put my foot down at a certain point. If you, you know, if there was, if someone didn't vote Cheshire one, I'd have been very vocally upset about it. Right, and like I said over the weekend, I could see it if if Windsor had won. Yes. Number one votes going their way, um, and that was really it. Maybe Walcott, but I didn't think they were the number one team. I just thought Double L was such a huge. Powerful division. So I'm going to go through the real poll, and then I'll tell you if I have any differences yep. in mine. It's not wildly different. Um, Cheshire's the number one team. Uh, Prep, who lost to them in the semifinals, was 25-2. and two. They came in second just ahead of Ridgefield. They had two more points in the poll than Ridgefield. They Look, got, it was a great season by Fairfield Prep. Great you, you season. Know, yes, they, lo- they lost to the team that won the whole, the, uh, uh, the whole thing. By a run. You know, and they lost two games all year they they lose their first or second game of the year and then they right. didn't lose since they won the SECs an absolutely unbelievable year from the Jesuits they just ran into a better team that day right I voted Richfield 2 and Prep 3 I don't think there's much difference between yeah. them I just thought the team that made it to the final deserved to be 2 but I have no problem with Prep being 2 they had yeah. an amazing season uh, and they earned it oh. uh, number 4 in the real poll is Weathersfield uh, the winners of Class L as we mentioned they came from unranked all the way up to four, but the run they had through that tournament, they, they earned it. They beat the number one seed in Windsor to win the uh, whole thing. They're an unbelievably talented team as well. They you really know, are. It's not, 
I wouldn't want to play Weathersfield right now. I wouldn't want to play if we're picking teams. I wouldn't want to play Cheshire right now, and I wouldn't want to play Weathersfield right now. Yeah, I don't think anyone did, and that's why they are state champions. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Windsor came in right behind them at five, at twenty-two and three. Unbelievable season uh, by Windsor. Just fell short in the championship yep. game. They had they had their bad day on at the worst time. You know, like every team's going to have a day like that. Theirs just happened to come on championship yep. Saturday. It stinks for Windsor, but well, really... they chose they chose an interesting path to go with their pitching stuff. Right, not having a conference tournament means that they had time to, to lay everything out, right. and, and they decided to go with Rosario, where he would pitch in the semifinals, which right. is fine. And and you have of, to get there, and a lot of teams do that. Yeah, they, they just say we're, we have to get there first. And yeah, then we'll we have deal to get there first, and then we have to deal with it. So they didn't go with Rosario in uh, the first round; they went with him in the second round because then he goes second semis. Right. And uh, like it came back to bite them, but you have to get there. Yeah, get there. You know, and he was unbelievable in the semifinals. And again, they just ran into a really good team. That's it. I mean, they played great throughout the whole tournament. Yeah. Just Weathersfield just was nobody was going to beat Weathersfield that day. You know, like even I think if they had played one of those double L schools, it would have been hard just because Weathersfield was just so good that night yeah. and so locked and in. When a baseball team's early. like that, yeah. they scored early. They scored early. They scored it was 6 nothing after the second inning. Like right. That's hard to come back from at any level. Yeah. And uh, it was a you know crazy crowd. Scott and I have talked about the crowd and how awesome it was. It was great. a great Best atmosphere. crowd I've been around baseball in a while. And, uh, you know, when you go up 6 nothing in a game like that and you take their crowd out of it and, you're, and, you know, you get your fans going, I mean, it's really hard to come back from that. Yeah. Uh, that so, and Tim Blaisdell pitched a very good game. Also that. Seymour came in at 6. Uh, they won the Class M. You know, shout out to Seymour for breaking into the top 10 also. 22-7, and seven, you know, great year. It's like they were a 500 team. Uh, Amity is finishing the top 10 poll. Like, they flipped out for a few weeks, never fell out of the voting. They always got yeah. a vote. Uh, but at 19-7, and seven, they made the Class Double L semifinals again. They did not reach the final for the sixth straight season, but... They have to lose at some point, and the way they lost was, you know, pretty memorable. They were yeah, as close I mean, as you could possibly be to getting back to another final. Yeah, I mean, they were one a couple of inches away from, you know, going to a state final. A wild and, pitch uh, and, and Richard. Like Amity, yeah. until proven otherwise, Amity's one of the best programs in the state, and they're one of the best teams year in and year out. And easily the most consistent. I mean, you can't make runs like that every year. It's not an accident. And don't get me wrong. It's not luck. There are a lot of talented players that have come through that program, but it really all starts with Sal, and uh, he's proven time and time again this guy's might be the best coach in the state. and uh, if you When you can reload like that, it becomes a, a program that's run properly, yeah. you know. And that, uh, look, don't get me wrong. He could have turned me into like a all-FCAC honorable mention player. Yeah, that'd you know? be, that since, would be crazy. Know, everybody gets picked. So, yeah, yeah if, if he did that, it would be amazing <laughs> since they play in the SEC. But. <laughs> well, no, I just, I, I'm trying to increase my chances of actually getting picked for an all-league team. Oh, because the all the FBI picked about ninety five. Ninety seven, but yeah, oh, ninety seven. Sorry. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, as a side note, that's way too many kids to be honoring. But anyway, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, actually, we won't. Uh, South Windsor came in at number eight. Great season for the Bobcats. Uh, awesome year, twenty and three. I thought I'd see them playing in the semis, but you run into Amity in the quarters, and and look, that's, that's seven how to most one game seasons end. Yeah. That seven to one game is very. Deceiving because it wasn't the game was game. so close, yeah. and then South Windsor made a couple of mistakes, and Amity capitalized. And even Coach said after he's like, "This is the first time we've, that's ever happened all year that we've made these mistakes, and uh, they just came at the wrong time." And you know you can't do that in the state tournament. That's right. how you win and lose games in the state tournament. But unbelievable season yeah. for South Windsor. They were really good last year, and they had an early exit. 
and uh, you know they and they made a little bit of a, a run this year, so good for them. Yeah, a beautiful, beautiful field. If you have a chance to go cover a South Windsor game, unbelievable time. I'm going next year. Yeah, next year I'm getting out and I'm seeing more of these teams during the regular season. Uh, Notre Dame Fairfield uh, came from unranked uh, the SWC. They hadn't been even getting votes all season, and they came through in one class ass. Uh, the only private school to win a championship this year. Uh, great run by them. You know they beat Holy Cross, they beat St. Paul. They they made it through the tough end of that Class S bracket, and they ended up beating Coventry in the final. Uh, it wasn't close. Another one of the games that wasn't close, but you know they obviously deserved to be in the top ten, and, being the state champ. I mean, yeah, it's Class S. Say whatever you want. They had, they had to beat a lot of good teams. Yeah. You know they they're not only the Class S champs, but they are the. Uh, School of Choice champs as well, because they yeah. beat all those teams. They did. And um, then number 10 was Staples. You know, Staples lost in the quarters to Cheshire. They easily could have been playing in a state final. They were good enough. Uh, that was an elite game that they lost 5-4 to Cheshire. One of the better games I saw all season uh, up at Cheshire that day. Um, and then Holy Cross, Waterford, Hand, and North Haven were in the poll before, and they all fell out. Uh, Holy Cross had a great year, too. They're not, they're not ranked, but 24-3. and three. Um, I'm I, surprised. I, 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 I had them still ranked uh, 11. I just thought they had such an amazing season, and losing one game in the state tournament shouldn't knock you completely out. But I, I when was you're surprised. in class S, well, it, the, it's hard. The only yeah. reason I was surprised is because the voters kept Holy Cross high for such a long time. All season. And then they lose, even when they lost to Montville, they didn't really move. Um, but now they lost in the state semifinals, and they. All of a sudden, that being in Class S hurt them. Yes, I think that that's true. I think all of a Which sudden... I was, I was very surprised to They were that. punished for that. And that happens in this poll because you look at it and it's hard not to rank those double L teams, Amity, Staples, Prep, Richfield, um, and South Windsor. It's hard not to rank them above them. Yeah. Because I think if they're all in the same tournament, that those teams that be ranked above them are the ones that are advancing. Yeah. I, I just think they're... Those double L schools are, are better. Yeah. And nothing against Holy Cross. They're a really good team. I think they would compete with yeah. double L schools. I just think it hurt them. Yes. Yeah. In the rank. I, I think that the double L schools get more of the benefit of the doubt. Yep. In that situation. And then, you know, tough schools in L or... Uh, I don't think there's many M schools. No, no one. I mean, just, just the champion. Yeah. And, you know... Um, and Walkit. Yeah. Well, Walkit... Oh, Walkit didn't make the top ten, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, only Seymour. Right, That's usually yeah. what you see at the end of the year. You'll right. see the S and M champion sneak in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that is the top ten poll. I mean, mine was pretty much the same. Like I said, I had Ridgefield and Preps switched around. Uh, all the other top ten teams I had in there, I had South Windsor as my number ten. So, you know, that's the top ten poll. This is the one, I think, that really reflects how teams finish. Like, all season we talked about this poll and how weird it is. Yeah. Because teams fall out for a loss here or there. The preseason poll is obviously weird. But I think if you look at the preseason poll and look at the final poll, there's a lot of the same teams. The only thing there. that was that I think the preseason poll got wrong, Prep wasn't in the top ten. Right. And neither was Cheshire. Right. And uh, I don't know what their exact votes were at the beginning of the year. I would imagine it really wasn't that high. Yeah, I'd have to check. And I think yeah. that was like just an oversight. I mean, look, that happens. It's baseball. Yeah, you know, I um, I mean, I didn't even have I did the SEC baseball preview, and I didn't have Cheshire or Fairfield Prep as a team to watch. Right. I mean, I had Ben and Will and all those guys, but I didn't even have Cheshire. And uh, I mean, I had team. I mean, the SEC so deep. Right. I had. I'm pretty sure I had four final uh, semifinalists, 
But um, oh wow, Richfield at four. Richfield was four. West Hill was five. Brantford was eight. So oh, Prep was in at eight. Prep was eight. I remember voting Prep in my top five to start the season. I really liked them. What did them. Cheshire get? And Cheshire had ten votes. Ten votes. Ten points. Ten points. Yeah. I voted them, you know, just outside the top ten to start the season, if I'm remembering correctly. I remember having Prep up higher because I just. Saw their line, their yeah. roster, in there and top thought 10. they were loaded. Simsbury was a Simsbury top was a really good team this year. Uh, team uh, Holy Cross was six, West Hill was five, Richard was four, Waterford was three, Amity was two, and Staples was one. I mean, one. It's not, that's so, not a bad preseason poll, the way it's not kind of a lot of things out. worked out. I mean, Branford was a semifinalist, St. Joe was a semifinalist. St. Joe's, and St. Joe started out really well, too. Prep was that. a semifinalist, Holy Cross. Cross was a semifinalist, West Hill obviously had a disappointing season, but lost to Staples by one run in the first round. Yeah. Richfield was a uh, finalist, Waterford was a quarter finalist, Amity semi-finalist, and Staples quarter finalist. So I think the preseason the poll actually It was actually not turned that bad. Out not that it bad. was actually not that bad. Well done, everybody. Wow. I'm glad so, we went and took a look at that. Yeah, I uh, know. That was pretty, that was, that was pretty wild. Um, all right, so now we're going to touch on... We didn't touch on this last year because we, uh, last, <clears throat> last week we were very busy with uh, tournaments and stuff. Obviously, the MLB draft was held yes. uh, a couple of weeks ago, so we just wanted to shout out... The four local kids, four high school kids. There right. were obviously some, you know, Tim Kate pitched at Cheney Tech. Right. Know, JT Henson pitched at Granite. Exactly. But kids are coming but to kids, college. Yeah, high school. So, we're just high school. Uh, Waterfers, Mike Burrows, who we are both big fans of yeah. uh, as a pitcher and we a person. He's a great kid. We've mentioned yeah. him, you know, once or twice. Uh, he went to the 11th round to Pittsburgh. I don't believe it's been announced whether he's going to go or stay, but either way, you know, congratulations, Mike. That's awesome. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. Pat Winkle, a lot of people say he's the best player in the state this year. He went the 31st round to the Yankees. He's already said he's going to UConn to play with his brother. Uh, and maybe Burroughs, if Burroughs goes to UConn, along with Will Lucas. Nate Panzer is going to be back there this year. Uh, Gazzo from Sheehan transferred in. He sat out this year. Randy become... Polonia will be back. I mean, there's so much talent from the high school teams on this UConn team. UConn has gotten so good. It's become such a breeding ground. And they're also producing... High round draft picks yeah. and guys that are playing in the yeah. major leagues. So I mean, look at the guys we talked about. Tim 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 Kate was a Cheney Tech guy. Did three years at UConn, first round. Um, Zach Susie Southington, um, three years at UConn. He went in the twelfth round. Yeah. You know, I mean, these are local guys who have gone on, stayed home, and went and got you know have a chance to now play pro ball. So UConn's built an incredible program, and yeah. the fact that they're recruiting in state is really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Baseball. So Pat yeah. Pat's going to do great things at UConn. I mean, the yeah. kid's just an unbelievable baseball player and. Real treat if you never got to go watch him play. Go see him at UConn because something tells me his talent will translate over quite easily. I think so. So he went the 31st to the Yankees, which was awesome. Um, Brandon White from. And then we had two Simsbury kids two Simsbury get drafted. Kids. Um, and one's not Jack Donofrio. And one was not Donofrio. Donofrio, who's. The kid who we talk about. He's a junior who we talk about all the time, but he's a junior. But Brandon White, 35th round to Oakland. Uh, he was committed to go to Southern. Again, we don't really know his decision yet. And uh, Jack Montgomery, the second baseman from Simsbury, went in the 38th round to Seattle. So that's one of the coolest things in the world. Uh, I had a friend of mine who I grew up with. He got drafted out of high school. And uh, even being a friend, that was one of the coolest things Whether in the world. Whether you go or not, your name was on yeah. the board, your name was called. Exactly. So that's awesome. so that's awesome. So awesome. So he actually went in the 49th round, which doesn't even exist anymore. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's just one of the coolest things. Yeah. And uh, luckily, he got drafted his first year at a JUCO and his second year at JUCO. So we were able to do it three different times. But uh, just that moment is, you know, so cool to have your name called, your name on the board, 
And uh, these are four very well-deserving kids. Uh, so congratulations, guys. That's pretty awesome. It's awesome. It really is. Uh, let's talk about some kids who are coming back. Yeah, so the season's over. Because there's a, the season's <laughs> over, yeah. The season's over, and we're losing a ton of talented baseball A ton of talented players. kids. But I have to say, at least locally, I think the junior class is one of the better classes to ever come through Connecticut baseball. I don't know if it lives up to last year's senior class with all the kids that came out. Yeah. But this junior class, at least on paper and where they're going to college and everything they're doing, seems really, really loaded locally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will start with Chad Knight. We have Chad Knight. And right. Chad Knight, if you don't know Chad Knight's story, you live under a rock. The fact that this kid has done what he's done and he hasn't shied away from any of the um, the notoriety and the media attention that he's gotten, and he's just gotten better. I mean, this is a kid who was on the Little League stage yeah. doing unbelievable things. And we Will Lucas did it, too, yeah. at Fairfield. Yeah. Um, but Chad Knight with the Westport team, they won the whole thing. I mean, it's a pretty incredible story. I mean, I remember when he came in as a freshman. And then he also won the double L championship last year as a sophomore with a, with a home run. He is one of the most dangerous hitters in the yeah. state. Uh, pitchers do not want to pitch to him. Nope. They pitch around him all the time. Cheshire was doing it in the championship. He's going uh, not to, the championship in the quarters. Yeah, but and he's going to Duke. He's going to Duke. And we, there's another kid going to Duke who pitches for Darien, uh, Henry Williams. Henry Williams. Who is really under the radar. And Darien had some good players this year with Sean O'Malley and Justin Jordan. Henry Williams is legit. He is, first of all, he's a good shortstop. Yeah. Right? But he's going to Duke to pitch. He is a really good pitcher, mixes his pitches well, has sneaky velocity. He's going to be a kid next year that we're going to be talking about a ton. Yes, absolutely. Ton. And it's crazy to have two kids in the FCAC both going to Duke. Yeah, I, I wonder if they're like French. But, um, that's maybe pretty crazy. Room, roommates, yeah, maybe they'll yeah. be roommates. Yeah. Uh, we could talk about Duke and you know how great of a program they have there. Yeah. Uh, for the defending double L champions from Cheshire. They're bringing back some They're Duke. bringing back Ryan Strollo, who's their center fielder. An unbelievable – look, we talked a lot about Ben DeLabelle, and rightfully so. And we talked about you know Matt Downing and, and Ben Shadick and, and all the guys, but Ryan Strollo there at that the leadoff hitter. Yeah, I mean you know they went when he went, and yep. uh, he's a very good center fielder, good leadoff guy. He's going to be the guy next year for for Cheshire in that lineup. Uh, he's I mean back. I think he's, he's all state worthy this yeah. year as a junior. So that I mean, and a lot of these kids are too. Yes, I mean, Chad, absolutely. Chad is also. Yeah. Um, so Ryan's going to be a senior, and Matt Downing, who pitched the semifinals, and was their cleanup hitter. For, and it was their cleanup hitter. Yeah. He really stepped up this year. Uh, Coach Morocco didn't really know who was going to follow in after Ben and the pitching staff this year. Matt Downing stepped up, and Matt Downing might be one of the best pitchers who's coming back in the SEC next year. Right, and those are the two guys, Strollo ahead of him and Downing behind him, or hitting fourth, you know, two spots behind him really gets Ben to see other pitches. Yeah. You know, people don't always talk about that in baseball, but if you're one really good player and you have no one else around you, teams do not pitch yeah. to you. If there's other weapons around you, they're forced to pitch yeah. to you, and that's what happened with, with Cheshire this yeah. year. Those other kids around him are so good that you have to pitch them. Same thing with Chad Knight and yeah. Staples. And, uh, you know, we just talked about him before when we were talking about the Simpsons. Very, Jack, Jack D'Onofrio, he might be... I've never seen him. I don't think you have either. Not in person, no. Um, you just hear such great things about how great of a baseball player he is. Yeah. He's definitely someone I need to go see whether that... i got to find out where this kid plays summer baseball. Yeah. If he doesn't play Legion. Um, I, you know, I want to go see this kid play. You know, maybe I have to wait till next year, but I've heard great things about this kid. Going to um, Notre Dame? Yeah, he's committed to go to Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, you know, two of his teammates just got drafted, so a lot of, this is, a lot of next year's team is going to fall on Jack... Uh, kid can mash. Yeah, pitched a little bit out of the bullpen. He's super talented. Staying in the S in the CCC. We talked about South Windsor. They had a great team this year. They're losing guys like Will Nowak, but a guy like Zach Donahue who's committed to go to UConn. Shortstop pitch, uh, second baseman, second baseman shortstop pitches a little. 
he's going to be a really integral part in the Bobcats if they're going to get back to where they were this year. Yeah, I mean, he's, he should have a stellar season next year. Yeah. I mean, and he was arguably one of their best players this year. And obviously, Will Nowak had a great year, too. But Zach was mentioned whenever you talk to anyone about South Windsor. He's yeah. one of the first names that came up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to really look for Zach next year to, yeah. to have and an then, awesome uh, season. Sticking with some seniors to be next year, if you want just someone who's just going to hit and mash, it's Jimmy Evans at St. Joe's. Jimmy Evans is I mean, His numbers were ridiculous. Ridiculous. He's batted like over five something, something. close I mean, to six. I mean, the kid just mashed. He just mashed all the time. Uh, obviously not in the final, in the semis, but every game until then. You just uh, you just heard St. Joe's won, even St. Joe's lost. Jimmy Evans had like three hits. Right. I mean, the kid just hits. Hits, um, drives, and runs. Yeah. I mean, just did it all for them. Uh, and St. Joe's is going to be loaded next year. They're only losing a couple kids. They're mostly juniors this year, so. Yeah. Watch out for St. Joe's next year. And then uh, go over to the SEC. We talked about Matt Downey, how he might be the best pitcher in the CCC coming back next year. You cannot sleep on John Lipinski from Amity. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only did he pitch in the finals last year out of the bullpen as a sophomore, this year he started the semifinals game against um, do they lose to? Richfield. Against Richfield. He pitched a very good game, 6-plus, uh, kept Richfield off the board. Pitched in the pitch in the quarterfinals, came out of the bullpen to get Amity out of a bases loaded jam. Yeah, the kid has pitched in big spots his entire career, and that's what happens when you play for Amity. You pitch in big spots. <laughs> the only play is and, a big game. Yeah, so. and John Lipinski is going to be back. He'll probably be the ace anchoring the Amity staff next year, um, and then also staying in the SEC with pitchers Adam Stone. Adam Stone is not only a very good baseball player. Um, he's really fun. He's just a fun baseball player to watch. You go to a game, you not only notice him for what he does on the field, whether it's pitching, playing first, or batting, but he just has that energy about him where you're kind of drawn to watch to what he does. And that's pretty... I mean, I I always enjoy watching players like that. You know, people who you just watched him play and he seems like he enjoys the game so much. Yeah, I see Adam... I saw Adam play a lot uh, Summer Legion Baseball with Stanford. Uh, he's a big, tall kid, kind of like Jimmy Sullivan... He can run. He plays a pretty good first base yeah. when he's not pitching, and he hits too. So he's an all-around player and just a really, really good athlete. Yeah. Like you just see this kid playing multiple sports. I think he just plays baseball, but such a good athlete out there, and he's going to be huge for prep. That yeah, it's going to be interesting because prep is losing a lot. You know, Will Lucas, Joe Mancini, who I feel like we did not talk enough about this year. Joe Mancini, Joe Mancini unbelievable yeah, baseball yeah. player, another all-state caliber. Uh, yeah, player. all-state yeah. caliber. He's going to yeah. BC. Uh, Dan Falcaro is going to Sacred Heart. Like they're losing a lot of talent, but it is Fairfield Prep. Yeah. So there are players who are waiting in the wing. That said, it's going to start with Adam. Yes. No pressure. But it's going to start with Adam. And however, you know, as well as Adam, you know, is going to lead and be as a player, is going to dictate how the Jesuits are next year, which means that they're probably going to be really good again. Yeah. Uh, another team I think is going to be decent next year is, is West Hill, and they have Bobby Samarjlak coming back. Uh, he's committed to go to Maryland. He hasn't signed, but he's committed to go there. He's another kid. He's like 6'3", flies around the bases, plays center field, hits with easy power. Saw him hit a home run this year that they measured at around 440, going over the center field. The old center field fence at West Hill, which I've never even seen anyone hit. The coaches have never seen anyone hit the ball there in a game. Um, he's a legit kid too just by looking at him he's all the five tools again yeah. like Sullivan like Stone just they have it yeah you know what I mean and, and they can carry it yeah and then uh, a couple of juniors or a couple of sophomores right now who are going to be juniors yes. uh, Julian Thayer from St. Paul again we talk about J- uh, Jimmy Evans and just hitting Julian just mashes yeah. he just hits the ball so hard 
all the time. Another kid I have to go out and say, I think I'm just going to make a list next year and just go watch these kids play. <laughs> Instead of picking matchups, just like, where's St. Paul playing today? I need to go watch Julian play. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable kid. You hear a lot of good things about him. You know, No one ever says anything bad about him, uh, which is also nice to hear. And then Matt DeLuca. Yeah. I mean, look, the all-league teams are what they are, and they, you know, we don't need to get into the depth of them. But the fact that he was an honorable mention in the SEAC is a crime. Yeah, I think sometimes that happens just because people want to get their seniors on. But he threw Matt a no-hitter, was two one-hitters. A top-five pitcher in the FCAC this year. Mm-hmm. And for him not to be honored for that is weird. Um, we thought also it was weird that um, Alex Price didn't make the coaches all-state team. Because yes. we thought... Both Pete and I thought that he was the best, the best pitcher, pitcher in the FCAC, and he's also a really good center fielder, and he hit like 400 too. Yeah. So, but a little under. But any, the but fact anyway, that Matt DeLuca was honorable, but, but Matt DeLuca got honorable mention. That that's Matt, weird Matt too. DeLuca, he might be the best junior sophomore pitcher in the state. I think that's probably fair. Uh, granted, to that's say. not. It's he was fair one of the best pitchers overall in yeah, the state. But, yeah, you know, it's not fair to say because maybe a lot of sophomore kids didn't get to pitch because they're on teams with a lot of. You know, maybe more talent above and seniors, you know, and all that. I don't and know I get that. Yeah, but I don't think any pitcher as a sophomore has pitched in those situations that he's had to pitch in this year. No. He threw and a no-hitter. He threw two one-hitters. He pitched out of the, he pitched the quarterfinals. He pitches out of the bullpen in the semifinals, gets the win, and then keeps Amity. And Amity had guys on, and he yeah. got out of it. And then he pitches unbelievable in the state finals, so all great. as a sophomore. As a sophomore. As a sophomore. Yeah. Unbelievable, and the kid is not first team all yeah, yeah, but he's he's, he's, uh, he's honorable mention. Okay, it's bizarre. And and yeah. coach of uh, Fabry, you know, was joking after semifinals. Like every now and then, I need to like see if this kid like is up, is he's awake, like is he paying attention because he just he's not phased by anything, no. which is an incredible thing to be as a sophomore. It says that ice water natural yeah. is going through his veins. He's just like, all right, like I'm just gonna go out. Like got a big, you know, Ben D. Labelle, who's a player who plays on emotions and. And even, like, Will Lucas, you know, got big strikeout in the semis and, like, you know, the, you know, the crazy fist pumps, and I'm all about that. <laughs> you know, you got Ben on one side, gets out of, like, a jam, and he's, like, pumped up, and the team's ready to go. Matt DeLuca gets, like, a big strikeout, and four guys are mobbing him at the line, and he's just kind of like, get off me. I want to go sit at the dugout. I want to go sit and rest. That's the way pitchers sometimes should be, yeah. you know, just totally locked into what they're doing. Yeah. Non-emotional. Whether he's, they give up five runs or whether they no. just struck out the side, the look on their face is exactly the same. He and, just is not phased by anything. And it's, it's for a kid that young to have for, that. Exactly. Is, is and then there, there's one more player I want to mention. Yeah, sure. Because he was a freshman this year. Yeah. And he batted leadoff for Amity. Yeah. Julian Stevens. Yeah. Was a freshman, um, and he just he bats leadoff for Amity as a freshman. Yeah. You bat leadoff. You play as a freshman for Sal. For a team that's gone to six, six straight semifinals, you're a good ball player. I mean, he is a good ball player. He plays center field. He bats leadoff. This, uh, this is a kid that we're going to have three more years of, and that's going to be pretty special. That's the thing. We didn't even talk about a lot of the kids like that we saw that were freshmen and sophomores playing on these varsity teams who we know are going to be studs yeah. in the coming years because there's so many good juniors and seniors. But we see you, and we know you're coming, and yeah. we're excited to watch you in, oh the, God, in yeah. the coming like years. Anytime, like any time I went to go see Amity, you know, you see him in the lineup, you look at the roster, you're like, freshman, it's like, now I need to pay attention. It's like the yeah. kid from Notre Dame Fairfield, too. Yeah. He was batting, he was playing DH. Yeah. Probably there was a, an older player in his position, this and this. But he played, uh, what was his name, uh, Rich um, Kerr, Kerr, uh, Kerr, 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 K
Anyway, he was he was unbelievable. Another freshman. I mean, you can get in there at the varsity level and hit and contribute and play. You have a nice uh, nice three more years left of. uh, You do, and Pete and I are going to be here back covering it next year with with weekly episodes of High and Tight. Uh, This summer, we're going to come on sporadically and do a few special shows. We will not be on every single week uh, talking. Scott has a family that wants to see him. <laughs> a family so. wants to see me. Uh, but I'm going to be at a lot of baseball this summer between Legion and Babe Ruth and the other travel stuff and some Little League and whatever. But I want we want to do a few special shows this summer of High and Tight. Uh, Pete and I like to get together anyway, so yeah. we might as well record it. Um, but we've had so much fun doing the show this year. We're so thankful to all the people that listened to us and shouted us out at the state championships. Yeah, I and mean, this else. is something that we started on a whim. You know, I started back at game time at the end of March. Right. And we really had no planning going in to the spring season. You know, I got in here at the end of the winter season, right for the week of championships. Yeah. And then that was kind of quick. And then it's finishing up, preparing for spring. And Scott, like, reached out to me, and I think your text message was something like, hey, we should do a high school baseball podcast. Let's do it four times a week, I think is what you originally asked me for. And I was like, um, I think it's a great idea, but let's do it once a week. You know, let's you know, let's see how it goes. But, you know, there was always an interest if in I doing it. If I knew how much work went into every episode, I would never have said yeah, it four so, times a week. I'd be dead if I said um, it But uh, it was a great idea. I'm glad we decided to do it. Scott and I go back to even before I started in Norwalk all those years ago. Yeah. Um, Fresh-faced kid out of college. Yeah, so... If you can um, believe it, he was. Yeah, if you can believe it. But, uh, but you listen, know, it was we, a good time. I yeah. think we had a lot of fun doing this. Um, we didn't know what the reception was going to be. No, no um, You know, there was a good chance that no one was going to listen to this. Right, and I think stuff. that we were okay with that because yeah. we just wanted to talk about it anyway. There's so many things that we see and we cover that you can't put in stories or you can't put in videos and you can't put in tweets. And sometimes it's just better to just sit down in front of a microphone and get it all out there. And I think that we, we, we really tried our best to do that. And, I, you know, Scott said when you guys shout us out at games or anything like that, like that's like the coolest thing in no, the world. The, best the fact that you guys listen to it and whether or not that means that only five people listen to the show or 600 people listen to the show, if you guys are listening, that's all that matters. To us, yeah. And we, we, we really appreciate it. And like I it said, it makes the drives down from Ansonia to Wilton at seven o'clock in the morning uh, on the Merit a lot easier. That my 90s pop playlist, which I jam out to. He does. But, uh, you know, uh, but, it, that makes it all worth it, and it's a really, I mean, thank you. And keep following us on Twitter. Keep following Game Time CT for, you know, postseason awards. Pete's, you know, I know I've been working on the SEAC and SEC and SWC teams and getting those I up on go Game Time. The CCC so there's going to be a lot of baseball content on yep. Game Time that you can check out, you know, over the next month or so mm-hmm. until the football season kicks into full gear. But uh, once again, thank you for everything uh, this season, and we will see you over the summer at some yes. point doing a show. Uh, remember, kids, even when you're playing summer baseball, Keep your gloves down. Don't ruin the games for your friends. For high and tight, I'm Scott. For one last time for this high school season, I'm Pete. See ya. Later. <laughs> I'm sad. How was it? You didn't want to say goodbye. I'm I can tell sad. you. I didn't want to say goodbye. <laughs> like, for, one last, for one last time. <laughs> <laughs>